Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he scored a goal every time he's had a shot. Hey guys, welcome back to episode six of the 50 plus one football podcast. Your home for all things Bundesliga and Premier League. I'm Billy, and with me as always is the Xavi to my Iniesta, Lewis. I like that one as well. It's a, it's a good one. This week, we have the final match day of the Bundesliga discussing what happened, how some teams had a dire fuck-up, um, to put it very mildly. Uh, we'll look at the Premier League with the latest match day updates, and then we come to our massive, massive piece today which is transfers we have a bunch of new transfers that we're going to go through Bayern making a lot of headway uh in terms of signing players but also there is a lot of activity going on around Europe in general so without further ado let's get into it just one more little thing some people might notice a increase in audio quality (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you might as well just plug the freaking mic company that we bought it from. <laughs> Uhuru USB mic. Other companies are available. By the way, shout out Uhuru. Get us some cash going. We bought your mics and now we're going to, you know, we just plugged you guys. So how about some cash flow? Shameless plugging. And I will haul this thing out for every penny I can squeeze of it. <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, the final weekend of German football. It's gone by quick, hasn't it? Feels like just yesterday we had the restart. I think because I it was I overconsumed it. I think I think I oversaturated my German football. You probably had all seven matches on seven different screens open during the conference and then Sunday, same deal. Oh that's that BT goal show. Oh exactly. Oof oof. Oh, it's heavy viewing. It's like the group stages of the Champions League all over again. <laughs> Jesus. Well, let's get talking to the actual points of it. Um, big one for today. Fortuna Dusseldorf go down automatically. They drop to 17th, and Vera Bremen live to fight another day. Probably still singing. Staying alive, staying alive. Ha, 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 ha. Staying alive. So terribly sorry for that sing. Singing and thing, but I'm uh, making a sound clip of that and playing that <laughs> at, on uh, average three times a week. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that. Verder, I'll take that on the chin. But yeah, Bremen, it was. How do they? Okay, let's be real. Let, let's be real. We have to look at Vera Bremen's opponent, yeah, because it was the it, it was Erste FC Köln. And Köln and Düsseldorf, as we all know, have a massive rivalry, which dates or goes far beyond football. The two cities just have a general rivalry. So I'd say totally I'm biased by the fact that I'm also living in Düsseldorf, but, you know, never mind. Uh, I would have put money on the fact that Köln played deliberately badly. Obviously, so what, it's a joke. So what you're, insinu- what too you're seriously. insinuating. We are, yeah, exactly. German friend. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, come on! <laughs> all Fortuna had to Bryn could have won fifty nil, and all Fortuna had to do was win one nil, and Bryn wouldn't have had a single chance to make the relegation playoff spot. How the hell do you fuck that up? Come on! You just have to win one nil against a team in with Union Berlin who. For them, it, there was nothing going for this game. They had definitely secured Bundesliga for the next um, for the next season. They had nothing to play for, and they still go and lose three 0 I mean, I'm sorry, you deserve to go down. Simple as. Are you quite finished? I just had to have a massive rant because you know, it's, at the end of the day, Fortuna is still you know the the hometown club, and you have to have you have to always have a little bit of sympathy for them, but. Jesus. See, I don't think you do because I'd have no issue if Southampton got relegated. 
Yeah, okay, but you hate Southampton's fans, so that, there's a difference. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I was gonna try and deny it, but I really can't. It's just <laughs> we had this discussion last week. You go to a ground. Oh, we and definitely shit down. did. Yeah, we definitely did. But yeah, you know, Werder Bremen, as impressive as that last win was, they're not safe yet. Nope, still they got still got play. twice against. Heidenheim, which is a club that were playing fifth tier about 10 years ago. And um, I've watched a couple of their games. They're not like, they definitely don't have Bundesliga quality. I would not, I, I'm, I know it's a big shout, but they don't have it. They play a lot with just basically hoofing a long ball down the pitch and sprinting after it. It is very, it is a very rudimentary style of play, which I don't fancy watching in the Bundesliga 34 games next season. So Bremen should do the business, show that they can recreate that magic that they had against Köln and stay up. So if you had to pick now, you'd pick Bremen to, to stay up? Definitely. Definitely. I think, okay, well, I think also that... The, I'll come back to you Wednesday when we record again. After this yeah, because then by that time, Bremen will have played both relegation matches. If I'm... Uh, th- that would actually be depressing. Like, I mean, for me, it wouldn't make that much of a difference. It'd just be, I just find it depressing to get a team like Heidenheim up there who just, they are, they definitely deserve to be, you know, up there in the second Bundesliga with obviously the play that they've, or the, basically the results that they've uh, achieved over the past season. Like, don't want to take away from that, but their playing style is just not, it's not any higher than second tier. So it's, I don't want to slag off Heidenheim, but it's just something that I, I think I'd rather say I'd rather see Bremen try and rebuild, and because they also have the capital to do so, and you know they they need to rebuild anyway. I think they should definitely make it. Okay, well we'll pick that up next week next. and to see if you are left with egg on your face regarding that. Yeah. Hang on, okay, we'll make this interesting. Well, are we making a bet? Yeah, I want to make this interesting. I'll if, actually smash an egg on my head if Heidenheim make it to the Bundesliga. I mean, mine was going to be had to change your profile picture to the badge, but yeah, that's so much better. <laughs> I'll take the egg because it, I just had, you know, you have to make it interesting. There has to be some, you know, some major downside potential for me. So, Okay, yeah, that's fine. So if Heidenheim get promoted after beating Werder Bremen over two legs, egg on your face. And we'll post it compromise on. it's on the top of the head okay top of the head and we'll post it on socials oh well it will definitely i'm i'm not one to shy away from a challenge it'll definitely go on socials if it happens won't disappoint the you know the couple of your the couple of listeners that we've got <laughs> shout out to those two. Oh yeah <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> so moving up the table we spoke a lot about the europa league places Leverkusen. Oh yeah, that was that was also a good finish, I thought. Yeah, Leverkusen were fairly set in that anyway. They're disappointed, obviously, and it doesn't make it easier to find arguments to keep Kai Havertz, but I'd say fair it, it is definitely a fair result given the season as a whole. Yeah, over the course of the season, especially after lockdown, they never really Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a bit start stop for them. But Wolfsburg back in Europe again. Well, they're back in Europe again provisionally. They are they'd made the seventh uh place, so they're on they still have to go through the qualification rounds for the tournament, which they obviously weren't too happy about because they went or um the their technical director, Jörg Schmatke, went in uh on an interview after the match and was and started berating Dortmund for losing 4-0 to Hoffenheim and saying you know Dortmund should have you know everyone expects Dortmund to win against Hoffenheim they should have uh they should have done better and given them a little bit of help <laughs> which you know when you've just lost 4-0 yourself I'm not sure if you can be opening your mouth or basically just start blabbing that much yeah you the sentiment use- echoed by uh Watzke Dortmund's uh, chief exec. Yeah, you don't need people coming out and telling you what you should and shouldn't have done. Especially <laughs> if you're Dortmund who've just lost 4-0, you know it, 
yeah, it was a nothing game, but it's not a good enough performance from them. Yeah, but still, I mean, you, you can't be if if Wolfsburg had like lost one nil or drawn one one, then sure, I can I can understand that type of criticism. But you just got decked four nil as well, so you know, calm down, shut up. <laughs> A little bit of bias there from you. A little was, bit. It was uh, Bayern that they lost to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wanna, I'll give you that I one. I want to talk about that Dortmund-Hoffenheim game because and those uh, that, view, that watch Premier League football might remember a striker of the name Andre Kramaric. Oh, yeah, hit, he did Leicester. He couldn't hit a cow's ass with the fat end of a banjo for Leicester. <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> I love that phrase. That's what you get with me. Linguistic. It's like a linguistic journey. Oh, yeah. With but, ups and downs. At one point, there were villages. <laughs> <laughs> there were. <laughs> oh, I love that friend's reference. <laughs> We do, we do include a couple of Friends references, especially with our, with our title naming as well for the episode. Exactly. Props if you picked up on that. But, you know, Kramerich, he scored four fairly decent goals. Also, that no-look penalty, that was just, that was football shithousery at its finest. I mean, it almost didn't go in, but... Shh, it went in. That's what counts. <laughs> it's that typical that Berkey almost, like, leapt over it, which kind well, of... Oh, I remember watching Anders Lindegaard do that for years. For United, <laughs> he used to jump up and down instead of dive across. It was painful to watch. But first Hoffenheim player ever to score four goals in one game. Yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of an achievement there, and you know, great great performance by him. And I mean, yeah, you can also argue Dortmund for them it was a nothing game for Hoffenheim it was everything. But at the end of the day, you still have to make you know you still have to garner the result and. That standpoint, you know, props to Hoffenheim for securing Europa League football, especially given that this is the first season that they are without Julian Nagelsmann as head coach, and they still manage that. Everyone, I'm pretty sure, and me included, definitely would have not pegged them to have that much of a run. But with their uh, with their performances this past season, props. Because say it's always going to be difficult for them to lose a coach like. Nagelsmann. Yeah. You know, given how coveted he is by, you know, let's be honest, world football. True, true. And he's only going to get better at, at Leipzig. And it's difficult to go from having such a talented young manager to have that taken away from you. So, like I say, props to Hoffenheim, really, for this season. Yeah. And that pretty much wraps up the. Bundesliga now, sad to say. We do have the DFB-Pokal final, which is on this coming Saturday, on the 4th. another trophy for Bayern. You say that now. We don't, know, we don't know how much Leverkusen will try and, you know, as they say in German, try and die wollen in Bayern in die Suppe spucken, which is they're trying to spit in Bayern soup. Nice. Yeah, we got some a, great, great phrases in German. Such a but beautiful yeah, language. It's a very schöne Sprache. Do I even want to know? Uh, no, that literally was what you just said. It's a beautiful language. Ah, see, we learn and we have fun. Exactly. But it's I did just podcast. want to touch on Schalke. Oh, just ever so quickly, because <laughs> I don't know. They've sort of. 16 a, games without a win. Wow. They've had a breakdown, basically. A total uh, breakdown. Huge cost-cutting measures and new sporting goals. Uh, reaching European football is now no longer an aim. Uh, and their marketing chief, Alexander Jobst, today is a watershed for Schalke. We can't and won't continue as before. So... I mean, the, first of all, given when you're saying we have to make some serious cutbacks financially, which is what they have gone and said, 
you have to take into account that that's obviously going to make the club less attractive for top players. Uh, one of those top players being their star midfielder, Weston McKenney, who is now uh, eyeing a move to the club that has just gotten new financial power in the form of Hertha BSC in Berlin. They have a new investor who's just also reportedly pumped in 150 million euros into the club, 50 of which will be allocated for transfers this summer. So, you know, when you have a club that's getting, that's being told or where the upper management is saying, you know, guys, we're going to have a, we're going to have a salary cap, a self in uh, a self instigated salary cap of 2.5 million euros uh, of a, of yearly wages. Obviously that a club with that kind of mentality is not going to be able to get European places. That is very much a mid to mid table to relegation battle club mentality right there, which is sad to say after, you know, Shaika's history and the type of, I think the type of play that they have shown that they are capable of. And I mean, you have to forget, you can't forget that a couple of seasons ago, Shaika were second. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that they won't, pressurized higher up the table you know it's it's a one-off thing in football but look at Leicester people would yeah, have said granted yeah. they didn't have an imposed salary cap but none of those players you would have said oh I know they're gonna win the league yeah you know, I'm you get the right coach with the right tactics and players that want to play there yeah I you definitely you're definitely right in saying so but at the end of the day, it's also a fact of you need to rebuild that team in a major way. You've got a lot of players leaving. I think it's something like 10 players who are now on the way out, either because of loans or, the, or basically the loan spell is ending or their uh, contract is expiring or they're basically just on the sell list. So major club rebuilding. And if you're losing 10 players, you've obviously got to get at least seven players back seven to eight to compensate for that and then you're going to have to get players who are quality enough to actually keep the club in the Bundesliga and that costs money and it's not attractive when you've got a club salary cap so it's not going to be easy it's not they don't have an easy road ahead of them no it's going to be a difficult one and Schalke fans have really got to well stick with the team I suppose and it's important that the board don't just sack managers left, right, and centre after a string of bad results. On that subject, they the board have officially said that uh, David Wagner is going to be their coach next season. So, props to them for I keeping. A, I think it's a good move by them to not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rid of him. If you're going to start a rebuild, you're going to have to have a coach that's already in place. I think. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So that's the Bundesliga book closed for another season that's well, the Premier just, League yeah that is a very good idea why don't we start with the biggest news obviously this news is a couple days old now but I think what, what biggest and most is uh, Watford losing to Newcastle <laughs> exactly yeah not nah, biggest news ever Liverpool winning the league for the first time in 30 years Props to them for doing so. And, you know, Klopp has really done an amazing job. Yeah. and It's difficult because I don't like praising Liverpool, but I'd be an idiot if I didn't. You know, it's fully deserved. I mean, they dropped five points all season. That's ridiculous. I think people genuinely thought they'd go a full season un- unbeaten until, you know, Watford. whatever <laughs> happened at Watford. Which is just one of those anomalies that appears throughout throughout a season. But you know, Klopp's come in; he's completely changed that team. And he's, you know, his his first starting eleven had you know like Simon Mignolet and uh, Christian Benteke, Joe Allen, you know, Allison, Fabinho, Salah, yeah. Firmino, Mane. I mean, I think even Gary Neville, and you know, this is big coming from Gary Neville, obviously. But Gary Neville himself said Klopp has taken a team of thirty million pound players and turned them into one hundred thirty million pound players, which 
in the case of Salah is actually very accurate. And uh, yeah, Mane and got, as well. You've got some teams that will take 130 million pound players, make them look like 30 million. Oh yeah, uh, Barcelona with Felipe Coutinho is a prime example. Again, it's another, and I said this to you last night after they drew with Atletico and Griezmann was left on the bench. It's another player in my long list of players that just because Barca and Real come calling doesn't necessarily mean it's the right move for you. Yeah, can't fault you on that one. But, uh, you know, back to Liverpool. Yeah. We I we we do have to we do have to spend a solid amount of time because it's just a season worth praising, especially where you consider where they were two years ago and you know with with all the heartbreak that they had twenty fourteen with Gerard slip and being so close to the title then, you know twenty fourteen they would have already deserved it not uh, or at least in my opinion and even, especially you know with Steven Gerrard playing his last season even that group of players is nowhere near to the group of players they've got now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, this, uh, they lost the, the league by a point last season. <laughs> and Klopp spent like eight and a half million in January on Mino Mino. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It was just, you know, I believe in you guys. It won't happen again. You know, you, you see the videos of when they won it and the video of Klopp dancing around in what looks like his underwear. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but really we were also, we're also talking position. about a head coach who when, who, when Dortmund won the league the first time, apparently woke up in some weird, you know, some weird farmhouse with, uh, with his chief exec uh, and a couple of other players and, you know, had no idea how he got there. And I mean, I don't know if the, this story could just be a pure rumor, but apparently... This is apparently what happened. He got just so trashed during the first time. He basically, the, when they won it the twenty, when they won the double twenty eleven twenty twelve, he said he had to pace himself this time around. <laughs> but uh, you, you can't blame him. Like there was a, a video going around on Twitter of Trent Alexander Arnold doing an, an interview for LF uh, Liverpool FC TV. Yeah, and he's absolutely hammered. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Robertson and Oxlade Chamberlain coming behind him and just start dicking about. It's just. It's what you want as, to as see, though. As, I mean, you, yeah, as much as I don't like Liverpool as a team, you can't not watch that and be like. And smile. You know, that's a proper team. Yeah. Like, you, that, you, you'd think if, if something, you know, something bad happened, you know, they lost the league last year, and you'd imagine that team. People like Virgil Van Dyke would have gone. Yeah, it sucks, but head up, lads. Exactly. Maybe yeah. not in those exact words, but yeah, <laughs> you have to get a more Dutch-sounding accent when you put when you when you speak English. I'm not gonna try. I don't uh, I'm not gonna like try Steve either because that's the one accent I that's the one accent I actually can't do. I end up sounding like Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Every yeah, time yeah. someone says, every time someone says Steve, I have to think of a uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Steve, Steve Madden. <laughs> back to the football. <laughs> yeah, back to the football. But you know, you can't not. You, you, as a rival fan, it sucks. It really does to watch someone blitz the league. Let's be honest. Yeah, there was no one catching them this year. Like, no, one. I mean they made the Premier League look like the look like the Bundesliga in previous uh, or in the seasons before the last two, where Bayern showed a little bit of weakness. That's what I mean. Uh, you can't not admire what Jurgen Klopp's done, and I really like Jurgen Klopp as a manager. They're going to build him a statue in front of Anfield. No lie. Like, <laughs> I mean, he even said that. Like, this is about history. This is about the players. I'm not interested in statues. That doesn't matter. The club will still 100% build him a statue. But it's what this means to the fans, though. Like, we, For the whole city, yeah. I mean, we, well, maybe not the whole city. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Half true. Is blue. How, yeah, okay. The, <laughs> poor choice of words on that one. Put it but that no, way. I, I know what you mean. But, you know, we've spoken to our Liverpool fan friend. Good shout, old Greg. Shout out to Greg. And he's just, he, he honestly, it was like, I don't know what to do. I'm shaking. 
Yeah, that, see, that's the thing. I like that's also almost something that you know. I think as a fan of any football team who regularly wins, can't really empathize with at this point in time, because you know, for for me as a Bayern fan, you know, winning the league is like, yeah, we won the league, it's great, but you know, eighth time in a row, and you know, for in my lifetime, they've won, they've won the league twelve times. I think. For or more than a that, team like actually. Bayern, for a fan of Bayern to feel something like Liverpool felt, you would have to win the Champions League. Without a shadow of a doubt. Obviously, when Liverpool beat Spurs, you know, they were they were over the moon, they were ecstatic, but they've won the Champions League before six times. <laughs> you know, they've won it they'd won it five times before. They'd never won the Premier League. Yeah, they've you know, only yeah, that, that's also mad. That's such a mad statistic as well that they've never actually won the Premier League in its form in its current form that it is today. They've only ever won the English First Division, which it didn't exist before, which only existed up till 1992. Correct so, me if I'm wrong. I want to say it was ni- 1992, but yeah, summer of 92, the Premier League started. That's actually that's mad. They they scrapped the or they basically revamped the Premier League and the Champions League in the same sum in the same season then. Yeah, I think, well, obviously, same with everything in football. TV money had a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah. ITV even back then, on, to do with that. even back almost 30 years ago, TV money was already playing a massive role. Scary to think, isn't it? The only way is up. Very true. But congratulations to Liverpool. Yes. Other definitely. things have happened in the league since then. I've got in, talk- in my notes here. Yeah. Um, you know, a massive game for Bournemouth against Newcastle, which tonight, at time of recording, they subsequently lost 4-1. And they have Manchester United on Saturday. It's not looking like a, a relegation-avoiding season for Bournemouth this season. If I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd send them down. I really would. They, they could use it. They, I mean, who knows? Maybe a year down could could help them rebuild. I mean, I, we said that we, we've said this about uh, Hamburg with the fact that they, you know, four years in a row managed to save themselves from relegation in the relegation playoffs and then still managed to stay in the Bundesliga. And then finally, when they did go down, everyone was like, okay, maybe they should use this year to rebuild. And obviously the last two seasons have shown that they haven't done jack shit yeah. and, to do uh, so. But, Sorry, you know, you wanna, never know. I just want to interrupt you there because the other game I've got rained down was West Ham v Chelsea, which is on my TV in the background. And if I peer around the corner of my uh, bookcase, West Ham have taken a 3-2 lead at Chelsea. Or Come on! Chelsea. Up the irons! Up the irons! <laughs> oh, Andre Yarmolenko of all players. Gee, he's the Dort- Dortmund flop, isn't he? I mean, he's not really done much for West Ham apart from scoring a ridiculous goal against United earlier this season. And that. Uh, he's he's, he's I mean, coming up. Ignoring what that does for the Champions League places if the result stays the same. That's massive for West Ham in that relegation fight. Especially because no one would have pegged West Ham to be winning or getting even a point out of this game. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I think... No, no, Chelsea, it's a weird one because sometimes they'll go and they'll blow teams away. And today they really struggled. From what I watched in the first half, they really struggled with the physicality and the height from West Ham. Like, they had a goal disallowed for offside from a corner. And then, like, 10 minutes later after they went one up, similar situation again. Thomas Socek from a corner. I mean, people have been saying specifically this with this specifically directed at Christian Pulisic is that he's an amazing player, but he needs to bulk up. Is that a sentiment that might not just be uh, true for Pulisic, but um, true for the whole team? It's difficult because a lot of these players have been around for a very long time, like Cesar Azpilicueta, who for some reason was given the job of marking Thomas Suchek, who's like four or five inches taller than him. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're whether maybe they're counting on the fact, or whether they're counting on the fact we'll just score more goals than West Ham. 
Or maybe they're just counting on the fact that West Ham in general, they're down in the league and in the relegation spots, we might be cruising. Just goes to show that you can't really plan ahead in those situations. You can't just go in there with such a low expectation of the other team. Yeah, there might have been a bit of underestimating. That's the word I was looking for the whole time. (laughs) It's fine, I'll get you back. The linguistic uh, journey is back on. Exactly. But while that game's still going, and I will give a final update when it finishes, in danger of repeating myself and sounding like a broken record, I want to talk about a man with ice in his veins. Bruno Fernandes. Ah, here we go. (laughs) Very quickly found a place in my heart and the heart of, I think, every fan of United. (laughs) It's... I said it last week, like, you know, he throws almost like a little bitch fit when he doesn't get past the ball. But hey, when you've got since February, and this is a, this exactly, is a statistic. We are unbeaten in 15 games in all competitions since he joined. Seven in the Premier League. But here also a quick statistic for that. Since February in the league, no other player has had more score points, so assists and goals combined. Then Bruno Fernandes. And you're talking with... Th- this guy is beating Kevin De Bruyne. He's, be- he's beating Raheem Sterling. Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Mane, Mane Firmino. Every single top player. He's got eight... He's got uh, five goals, three assists. And Kevin De Bruyne is second on that list, if I remember correctly, with six total scorer points. That's an unreal statistic in and of itself. And, you know, props to United and Ed Woodward for making that transfer happen because he's providing some light. Now we get into a case of, you know, what could have been because we were originally in for him in the summer, but Sporting wouldn't budge on 70 million euros and it didn't happen. Here's the thing about that. One, no use crying over the past you're in the situation that you are in now of course you can always think what could have been but then on the on that in that case you could all you could also say you know Bayern, what could have been if Leroy Sané hadn't ripped his ACL and had come last summer they probably would have paid 100 and 100 or 120 odd mil for him as well yeah and maybe you still would have won the league obviously obviously but what I'm saying is, you know, Bruno Fernandes, was he in that same form that he is now? Would he have had the same impact? You never know. Well, you never know these things. Because Paul Pogba was still... 21 goals. Yeah, but wasn't... First of all, combine. Okay, first of all, you're comparing, you know, apples with oranges if you're comparing the Portuguese league to the yeah, Premier League. Yeah, true. And second of all, Paul Pogba was still fit in August. Uh, sorry, sorry. Just this just segue. in. This West just Ham in. Beating Chelsea, which I'm so happy about. Come on, you Irons! Come I on! I can't hide that because that's massive for our Champions League hopes. That's also massive for West Ham in the. Uh, that's also massive for West Ham in the table. Definitely. You'd think the three down would be Norwich, Bournemouth, and Villa. As it stands right now. So West Ham, after that game are on 30 points. So then I was about to say they're in 16th place above Watford. Watford should be on 28 as far as and Villa Bournemouth still on 27. Norwich 21. They stayed there with that loss. It's not, I mean, Norwich is, you can get, I'd say Norwich is almost definitely counted out. Bournemouth, Probably is what probably most likely, and Villa maybe they can try and take the fight to Watford, but I don't see them. I think I'm I sadly think that Villa will be exiting the Premier League after just one season back up in it. Yeah, and honestly, can't say it'll be sad to see them go down. I mean, they're a cold club, yes, gonna miss a guaranteed six points. Okay, you say that, but, you know... I mean, Man City lost there, so... Exactly, exactly, exactly winning my at, point. Winning at Carrow Road isn't for everyone. And we missed two penalties that game. Jesus. So, oh, sorry, 
when I say missed, I mean penalty expert Tim Krul saved two penalties that game. And you got a point there. That guy's unfreaking believable. So we'll leave the Premier League for now, basking in the glory of West Ham's win over Chelsea. <laughs> and it's now transfers. What have you got for me? Oh, we've got some heavy shit today, guys. We got some heavy shit. Bayern have, you know, made some serious waves in the last few last few days with not they've got Tangai Kuyasi or Kuasi, I think. I'm probably gonna butcher his name. I'm probably I've been butchering it the last two episodes. Making the sixth Frenchman in Bayern's squad. Only Dortmund had more players from one nation, and that was seven Brazilians, among them their cult defender Dede. Uh, and that was in the that was their squad of the 2003-2004 season. You know, the, you've really got the French connection down at Bayern. And then Bayern also unveiled Alexander Nübel. Of course, that signing was already the much discussed goalkeeper signing, uh, basically as a replacement or future replacement for Manuel Neuer. And you know, there was a lot of hype around that. But he's now officially a Bayern goalkeeper. And last but not least for Bayern, and this has just only started making waves since yesterday evening, where I even said to you, you know, we might actually not talk about Leroy Sané or Kai Havertz uh, this time for this episode. And I decided to, two hours later, eat my words. And that being said, because yesterday it went really quickly, apparently... Uh, Bayern and City agreed to a price around 50 million euros or 44 million pounds plus add-ons potentially taking up the t- uh, the whole transfer fee to around 60 million euros or about 54.8 million pounds. Figures listed by Sky Sports, yours truly. Can I just make a point about that base transfer fee? It's 9 yes. million pounds more than Everton paid Arsenal for Alex Iwobi. And oh, I just do rather have. Oh, I just do love those statistics because someone also posted that Bayern paid these paid 73 million for Kumar, Sane, Gnabry, Kimmich, Lewandowski, Goretzka, and Thiago. Whereas Coutinho was 120 mil for for Barcelona, <laughs> I I just listed up everyone in Bayern's like everyone, including squad depth, not just starting eleven from Bayern's defensive midfield all the way to their striker, and they did this for under 75 million. How much was um, uh, Alexander Nubo? Nubo's also on a free. That's ridiculous. See, this is this is when you actually have a competent board. Obviously, I say competent board, and you know, I is this still the same have com- very. Is this the same competent board that last week you slagged off for wanting to get rid of David Alaba? Ah, uh, yes, very much so. Because I say this is a competent board, and it's always very much. It is, you know, I'm always shouting about them when they have when they, you know, don't do well, and I'm always praising them when they do. And it is very much a flip side because I still, I'm going to go on record and say, I don't think Hasan Zadihamidzic is the right candidate for a, for being the sporting exec and having a seat on the board. I think that Oliver Khan was definitely better suited to this and um, Zadihamidzic uh, or his better said his, uh, his predecessor, uh, Matthias Zama was much more competent in uh, in the transfers he made and basically getting the transfers done. That being said, Zalihamicic has had a couple of good ones. I take uh, Alfonso Davies as the prime example there. For his social guys media unreal. presence alone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Meep, meep. It's the FC Bayern Roadrunner, as Thomas Müller would say. But yeah, it, it's very... but. On the whole, Bayern board doing very well. And as of 8.35 p.m. German time on the 1st of July, Leroy Sané was seen pulling into the Bayern training ground in a nice bright red Audi, as is custom for all Bayern's new signings and is expected to be 
completing his medical as we speak. And then tomorrow, I think, is the official unveiling where he should be getting the number 10 shirt. A little bit awkward because Felipe Coutinho is supposed to be at Bayern until the end of the Champions League campaign. Don't know what they're going to do there. It's fine. Just palm him off with like 43 or something like that. I have trust. But from a winger moving from England to Germany, wait for this, to a winger potentially moving from Germany to England. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's Jaden Sancho again. Oh, and I love the news that had come out from that one is... Uh... Oh, it really <laughs> broke my heart yesterday. So, And we, we should have better said moving from one competent board to one incompetent board. Hey, you hire a man called Edward Woodward, you get what you pay <laughs> so What do you expect? The, the news goes, apparently United won't pay more than 50 million for Jaden Sancho because they feel Dortmund's valuation does not, you know, adhere with the financial effects of coronavirus, which... Can we just appreciate this is the richest club in England telling them that? <laughs> I was going to say, excuse my French, is bullshit. Uh, yeah, 100%. But... 50 million. I'm sorry, but they, City were trying to get 50 million for Sané, and they will do with the add-ons, assuming, you know, the, those figures are confirmed. But that's talking about a guy who's been out with an ACL tear for the last nine months. We're talking about Jaden Sancho, who's had over 30 score points in the Bundesliga as the youngest player to do so. And United are really that tight and saying, no, we're not going to spend more than 50 million pounds. Are you kidding? I mean, hey, <laughs> I don't make the decisions. Who's simping? Someone is simping out majorly up there. He's called Ed. and <laughs> His last name is Woodward. <laughs> Should tell me. you all you need to know. I could talk for... Th- for hours about that man uh, sadly we but, don't have that time <laughs> I think something that was interesting is apparently it all depends on where 17 year old Birmingham City midfielder Jude Bellingham decides to go Because I don't get if why that picks, should be if he picks United over Dortmund Dortmund have every right to go no why <laughs> would we do business with you Whereas exactly. If, if he goes, no, I'd rather go to Dortmund, then it's Which, like, okay, we've just spent X on Jude Bellingham. Let's be real. They're not going to be spending more than about 30 million on Jude Bellingham. No. And uh, I said to you yesterday. That even is a ridiculous valuation. I don't think it's a ridiculous valuation. I think Birmingham It's big know, though for a 17-year-old. Birmingham know what he can be. And yeah, okay, true. You but know, you were if, saying if this develops more, we've got people that we went to uni with that are more qualified to talk about this than us. That we can get on to talk about Very Jim Benning. But they're different. Might positions. be having some guests soon. Exactly. But they're different positions. Yeah, that's like that's like uh, comparing apples with oranges. I I mean why Why would they be basically trying to say, you know, yeah, okay, if Bellingham comes, Sancho can go when Sancho is a star winger and Jude Bellingham is a central midfielder? First of all, a 17-year-old is not going to make that much of an impact. I mean, I don't think, unless he's Messi or the next Messi. Uh, this, and- is, this is where we can get James and M who watch him week in, week out. Yeah. To discuss it more if if this does develop, because you know there's no guarantee he'll move, but definitely. But I wanted to move on to one more uh, to a couple more guys before we wrap this up. Just actually staying in the Premier League, Jack Grealish to Man City. Pep apparently is a fan. Could replace Sane on the wing. Possibly. Yes, no. Again, it's a it's a difficult one because you yeah, I can I can understand why they'd want him, but you've got a player in Phil Foden who. Yeah, don't younger, give him someone. Yeah, yeah. Who has, you know he's he's done what other like well like people like Jaden Sancho haven't. He stayed. He's fought. You know, David Silver leaves at the end of the season, and the kid yeah. they called the Stockport Silver. Yeah, exactly. Three goals since the restart. 
it's not a bad tally. You know, he's only like 17, 18, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But then moving on from Premier League news, I'd say we can talk about Hakimi is practically a done deal. We're just waiting on confirmation. He's already arrived in Milan uh, to complete his medical at Inter. 40 million is the projected transfer fee. Of course, still awaiting confirmation, but that seems to be almost done and dusted. I don't get me wrong, it's a good signing for Inter Milan. I don't know if it makes sense for him, though. Well, they've got Victor Moses at the moment, who is only on loan. Ah, okay, true. So, it's a weird one because you'd think he'd be perfect for Madrid, but he won't get in over Danny Carvajal. That being said, Carvajal is a bit older. Carvajal's 28. I'm not... It's a keen Yeah, okay, true. He's still got a... I'd, I'd give him three more good years at least, if not but more. There's no buyback option on Hakimi. So, they clearly didn't... They didn't he feel was he was going to need him. Yeah, well, they just didn't feel he was needed. Yeah, I mean, fair play. If they're making those kinds of uh, statements, then, you know, I guess the board is pretty, and Zidane are probably very sure. A couple more guys. Um, Wout Weghorst, Wolfsburg striker, to uh, potentially linked with uh, Arsenal or Newcastle. Both teams could use a solid man up front. And, you know, he, the guy is 190, 1 meter 97 tall, 93 kilos. That's a, he's a solid dude up there. That's a solid guy. I mean, Newcastle were struggling for strikers because, you know, I mean, you've watched Joe Linton play for Hoffenheim. Those are two different players. Joe Linton for Hoffenheim and Joe Linton for Newcastle are not the same guy. I mean, he scored against Sheffield United last weekend. And that was his first Premier League goal since he scored the winner against Spurs in August. So it's not been a great return on £45 million. Especially when you're thinking, you know, Vichos has actually gotten 15 Bundesliga goals for Wolfsburg this season. You know, arguably that's very, has been instrumental for them to even be reaching seventh place and a Europa League uh, playoff spot. So he might be a guy to think think about. Even at Arsenal, though, if they lose Aubameyang. Oh, oh that perfect segue. I was about to say, Aubameyang to Barcelona if Barcelona don't decide to go for Lautaro Martinez. Um, Barcelona team is in, a need, is in need of rebuilding. Nine of their starting 11 being over 30 years of age. Also begs the question why they would go for Pjanic and sell Artur. It also begs why would you pick a 30-year-old Aubameyang over early 20s Lautaro Martinez? That I can only say is because they don't actually end up getting Martinez. But I, I mean, say, would, that's... Would it, be a, would it be a case of being priced out? Yeah, because apparently I think Inter are very, very... They're also being very stingy, or not, not stingy. They're just being very firm on their asking price, much like Bayer Leverkusen are with Kai Havertz and Dortmund with Jadon Sancho. Um, I mean, he struck up a really good partnership with Romelu Lukaku. It also might be just a question of, you know, letting them play their partnership out and basically seeing if Inter can get back to their, you know, European greatness. I mean, because they were, they were fighting for Syria. Yeah. Dropped yeah. off a bit now, but, you know, there's no reason a player like Hakimi to add certainly some attacking flair. Exactly, exactly. defensive awareness. One more guy that is actually, you know, is not going to be on many people's radars, is Alexander Schwolo. He's a very, very decent goalkeeper, plays for Freiburg, has been very, has been a big part of their campaign in almost w- reaching European uh, football, especially for a team, you know, of Freiburg's stature, especially financially. It's not a, ma- they're not a massive club. They've been in the second Bundesliga for a while before they managed to promote, get themselves promoted about 10 years ago, he might actually replace Nubia Schalke because Schalke have also had a massive goalkeeper problem. Didn't, or was it Schalke that had Ralph Farman? Yeah, Ralph Farman should have, Ralph Farman, 
for the life of me, I don't know why they would want to just ditch him that much because I personally didn't think he was that much of a liability, but obviously I'm not the professional goalkeeper coach or the professional uh, manager who's going to be making those decisions. I'm just went, saying what I could just went see. on loan to Norwich and then he went on loan to some Norwegian play. club. Yeah. I mean, it's a potential, it's a potential move before we wrap this up. We have to be, it should be said Mario Gomez won a one stri- German striker who's had a hell of a career retiring or has just officially retired at the end of the season. We're talking about a guy who's had, who won the treble with Bayern, playing 174 games, scoring 113 goals for them, 230 games and 110 goals for Stuttgart, his boyhood club who, with whom he had already won the German League 2007. Yes, Stuttgart won the German League 2007. Unbelievable. Excellent I know. Knowledge. And 78 games and 31 goals for Germany. These are just a, cu- a couple excerpts. He's also played for Fiorentina, Besiktas, and Wolfsburg, scoring 14, 28, and 19 goals for those uh, three teams, respectively, in around 45 games each for those clubs. A big, a, I'd say a little bit of an underrated, but underrated striker when he was at his peak, but a big name nonetheless in Germany is leaving the stage. Yeah, I think it's difficult to find an English player to compare him to. Yeah, you're right. For, like you said, for German people and for German football, he was a massive player for years. Yeah. I remember you texted, you texted me the, uh, the, the, he was, the, his Euro 2012 was obscene. I still remember, I think, I can't remember who it was against, but he, he sort of just span round the keeper. It was received the ball with his back to goal, span round and scored. And I don't know why it's always stuck with me that goal. Because for I someone who, who didn't look very nimble, who was actually surprisingly agile. Yeah, he's he's a big guy. Yeah, he's six six three, around ninety kilos as well. He's a big. He's a solid guy. He's one of those, you know, your typical number nine. But he had that big brute extra yeah. agility about him. Big brute strength by the looks of him, but also surprisingly agile. So that's all we've got time for this week. Another hefty episode. Another hefty Very episode. Hefty. These are going to keep getting heftier and heftier, I feel like. Especially, I mean, we might have to actually do a separate transfer show just to keep this uh, to a sane time. I think that's definitely going to have to be the case, especially when the window does open and they're flying in. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a crazy point. Not even, the window isn't even open yet. The window isn't even open yet, and Chelsea have signed two players. Bayern have signed three. <laughs> no waiting around. But then again, exactly. there, won't be a pre, there won't be a massive preseason, will there? Yeah, and we're going to be covering Champions League. It's crazy to say it, but Champions League is just a month away. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's all from this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next week. That's all from us. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.